Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining. This is Mandy Bishop, the CEO and co-founder of Aloha Health, and I am your co-host for the Managed Care podcast series sponsored by the American Journal of Managed Care. With me today as a guest is Darren Brannon, who is the president, CEO, and co-founder of Clear Data. Darren, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be on your show, Mandy. I'm excited. I'm really thrilled that you and I have done a couple of things together, and I'm very excited at all of the opportunities that you are bringing to bear in, in the healthcare marketplace. I, I'd like to understand, Darren, what got you started in healthcare? What drives you to enter and innovate in this industry? Great question. My personal journey um, comes from uh, my early life of uh, being surrounded by a family of physicians. I ultimately became the black sheep Silicon Valley technologist and didn't join the ranks of physicians. Um, so I've always been looking for a way to come back into the family fold, I guess. So my, my personal journey goes back to uh, my stepdad who's still a practicing orthopedic surgeon and my mom ran the uh, the small practice, and we ultimately built a surgery center, and so they always brought me in to help them with the technology, and in the early days, it was just scheduling management and billing, right. and so I've seen the the uh, the industry unfold and, and, and evolve from then to now where we have hyper growth in uh, across all technology sectors, and uh, so my brothers are now a practicing physician, Yale, uh, self-made, uh, chief residency, Yale, Harvard, now interventional radiologists. I have uncles that are doctors. Uh, for the last, I don't know, since I've been in Silicon Valley, they've been begging me to bring some of this fancy technology to help um, drive efficiencies and in many cases, you know, stop the carnage of, uh, of accidental medical errors and deaths due to a lack of advanced technologies. So it's, I, I guess you could say it's been in my bloodstream for a while. And in the last five years, I jumped in uh, with both feet and have been immersed in healthcare, building clear data. An interesting journey. Yeah, you took the right time to jump in too, right? So you, you've seen this evolution from paper-based records to electronic health records. And then if just in the last five years, the rush for meaningful use attestation, right? And this very... Uh, wholesale transformation, digital transformation at, at, not at, at scale and rapidly that has happened in the industry just in the last five years. And I'm sure that that's had a tremendous impact on your process and on your, your, on your business. Yeah, I tell you, the trigger there, um, being in the Silicon Valley, I was a, a venture capitalist turned serial entrepreneur. And um, I've had many colleagues from the VC side to the entrepreneur side looking at healthcare as one of the last industries that had not digitized and just a massive opportunity from both an investor side and entrepreneur side. But when you diligence the market, you quickly find out that it's a highly fragmented mess of a market from an investment thesis perspective. And, uh, you know, it's because the healthcare has been largely a localized business, uh, which means that they didn't make great purchasing decisions when it comes to technology. So you end up with a highly fragmented aged uh, environment, which is very hard to build a business into until fast forward 2010, 11, the High Tech Act, $28 billion directed towards the subsidization of, of the EMR migration. And that was truly the tipping point for all of us 
the VCs and entrepreneurs sitting on the sidelines watching it. Folks like myself who've had uh, parents and brothers and uncles saying, "Get in here! I can find I can finally justify the the dive into the healthcare market because we knew that with true EMR uh, drive uh, to adoption, you you create massive digitization across all elements. And so it's been very exciting to jump in from that uh, inflection point to now. And uh, I think ClearData has been um, wildly successful because we picked the foundational area to focus on, which helps kind of enable all the advanced technologies to take place. Well, it's interesting when you mention high tech and we think about that being kind of the tipping point for the digitization of healthcare. There's there's another aspect of high tech that that I think a lot about and, and write about and, and have spoken about it, which is the that was the change from you know, the, the mandated proprietary technology within the four walls of the hospital, right? So you were mandated to essentially have uh, no sharing of information. You were mandated to retain that information within the four walls. You were not sharing information. And then all of a sudden, our industry is suddenly mandated to be able to share outside the four walls, right? So we go from this very purposeful exclusionary architecture to now having to be, you know, inclusive and having to think about bi-directional interoperability and having to think about all the ways in which our data is not just shared, but can be ingested and can be used by the recipient. And I think that that is a really interesting opportunity from a driving efficiency standpoint. It creates a, a wealth of, of, of opportunities and challenges for technology companies to be able to support healthcare through this really painful transition from that kind of exclusive architecture to a more inclusive architecture and open architecture. Absolutely. I think the value-based care inflection was super important, but also blindsiding from an IT perspective. Yes. As you said, they were used to um, a, a lower spend on things like security and privacy and compliance because it was all within the four walls. As soon as you open that up to websites, consumer-facing, digitization-related, even mobile health platforms, you now have their systems completely open. And the spend and the sophistication did not match that new world order. And so uh, they're blindsided and they needed folks like Clear Data to step in and say, hey, all we do is exclusively focus on the regulatory compliance security around healthcare. We know a chapter and verse, we're gonna help you close those gaps. Uh, and so that drive towards value-based care um, has certainly driven cloud technologies, infrastructure, security-based elements into the equation. Um, you know, as they continue to focus on how do we improve patient outcomes, how do we improve, you know, quality of care based on specific measurements about around reducing hospital readmissions and certified health IT and improving preventative care. Those are all sort of applications that have um, a consumer, patient, or member-based um, touch points now. Right. And the best way for them to interact in those areas is to be able to give them access to those applications. And then that drove the whole sort of thinking around the proliferation of the cloud, which then made them realize we don't have the data centers and cloud sophistication and security sophistication we need. And that's where Cleardata has been really um, helpful, I think, in this transformation. Yeah, I, 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 I think I hear you. And I think that Interestingly enough, when we talk about all the kind of microprocesses around value-based care and, and the transformation that's happening from just a workflow perspective around value-based care, there's a lot that the concept of allowing uh, healthcare professionals to 
act at their highest licensure, right? So being able to act at the, the highest aspect of their licensure, the extent of their licensure. I, I think about technologies like the cloud and kind of this, the rise of the platform economy as allowing us as an industry to facilitate that progression and to facilitate the realization of healthcare providers being able to, to operate at the top of their licensure because all of these processes, if you're, you know, all of these things that you just mentioned, so the privacy, the security, uh, the, the scalability, the interoperability, all of these things that are very tough concerns. They're, these are in incredibly challenging um, technology considerations and they don't have anything to do with the actual delivery of healthcare, right? So they don't have to do with, you know, with being a doctor or being a clinician. And yet, you know, but they become very time consuming. They become very challenging for those clinicians. So I feel like this, this opportunity for the, you know, for the platform economy to address all of these challenges is really addressing uh, driving value and enabling physician engagement and enabling them to go back to being clinicians, right? To go back to being to, to the heart of medicine. I feel like that's where we're, that's what this technology uh, progression is allowing. Yeah, that's well said. I, I have a couple of real time user story examples that emphasize those points. Oh, great. Um, let's say, for, for example, a, a major provider we're working with just over the last month, you know, in, in terms of value-based care-driven models, they're working, they've got to optimize their cost and quality. And so one way to do that is uh, ensure that they're continuing to, to drive analytics where they can. And they've got lots of data in different silos. They're trying to champion that data to, again, drive down costs or drive down readmits. And in order to, to stand up those analytics platforms, they have to have some proficiency around either Hadoop-based platforms or traditional warehouse right. and both of those are very suited to the cloud where you have pay-as-you-grow massive scalability and reliability already built standing by uh, so that they don't have to extend their data centers and their internal sophistication but they need to stand up those analytics as quickly as possible they have a ton of data they can drive eye-based care and so they're turning to folks like clear data to say help us close this gap as rapidly as we can so that we're not having to invest more in our data center and environments as well as people to stand up and run these environments what we want to do is configure the software for our pain points or quality cost areas and have someone else manage all the complicated machinery cloud machinery behind it and so it becomes very much of a partnership to stand these things up to drive value-based care. And that's real time, we, we're working on those types of opportunities all the time. Um, another great example, just last week, we're working with Blue Cross Blue Shield payer side, uh, and they're wrestling with their digital strategy. So, you know, in, in their case, in providers, it's more consumer patients, in their case, it's members, but they need to be able to provide higher quality transparency and pricing transparency. And they need cloud technologies to do that. They need to cloud enable some of their current applications. And again, they don't have the capacity or uh, cloud uh, technology and sophistication. So they're turning to uh, third party healthcare oriented focused companies to help them bridge that transition. Uh, transition. Again, it's all driven by the uh, initial high-tech act tipping point, if you will. Right. 
Well, and, and it's interesting. So as, with as much as we're feeling this pain and as much as we recognize that there's this tremendous opportunity to drive value through, um, you know, through the consolidation, through shared services models, through this, the platform infrastructure service. Yeah, in other industries, adoption of, of cloud and of these you know, platform as a service and analytics as a service, you know, the, the as a service economy has been rapid. And it's, I think it, it, this year it's predicted to become almost half of all IT spend kind of across all industries, but, but healthcare is, is lagging behind. And so what are there, there are some concerns. I think one of the primary concerns around healthcare lagging behind, even though we all recognize that this digital transformation is, is key, right? And that there is tremendous value in being able to optimize all of your digital infrastructure processes. Security is the biggest one, right? Security seems to be the sticky point that becomes the largest objection that we have to overcome in these conversations. So can you talk to me a little bit about how you are overcoming those, you know, those security challenges, the, the data breach challenges, the concern that they no longer have control over the environment. And, and so suddenly we're trusting another entity with our data, which is already highly sensitive and regulated. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. That's the world we live in. Is, in fact, we just commissioned a, a, a survey with HIMSS to determine you know, what are the inhibitors to the adoption of cloud because other industries are at that 50% and healthcare has been lagging in the 10%, particularly at the enterprise level. And again, for the third year in a row, security, privacy, and compliance has been the number one kind of um, inhibitor to rapid adoption. And part of it is that there's not enough companies like ClearData that um, can stand up and say, here we are, best of breed, we can help you uh, on this journey, and we can help accelerate because of our proficiency. But they have the right to be super concerned about it. If you look at the stats, the very scary stats of healthcare, yeah. um, the, the cost of a breach is 2.3 times more costly than any other industry, so $355 per record versus 158 in other industries. The average data breach cost is 4 million. Uh, we're expected to, in 2017, the highest breach estimate is expected to be one in three healthcare patients will be exposed this year. Just a staggering number. And that's a, a last year was $4.8 billion cleanup cost, over 200, over 329 breaches, 17.5 million records exposed. I know all these, stats cold because it's the world we live in right. and and you know 257 of those were were providers those were health plans and business associates so there is a a target on the back of healthcare from the hackers out there because i think they know that they're in transformation and the records are frankly more valuable than other records right uh, so they have to they have to move with speed but great caution and sp a new spend in this category and they're expected to go from roughly 3% IT spend in security to 9% through this year and next year. So almost tripling their, their traditional security spend. And so I think once, that, once they move that budget needle and they see and hear about companies like ClearData that can help them, I think the adoption will be moved from this early adopter, early majority phase um, into the accelerated um, kind of hyper growth phase, especially as you have more and more successful use cases coming on, online. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting because I know that there's a, another aspect to 
the you know, the value of leveraging you know, a, a, a provider such as Clear Data in the space, things like you know, developing processes to use machine learning to predict attacks and to be able to predict and prevent attacks, um, you know, which is which is a tactic that that not very many healthcare systems are going to have access to, right? So tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about the advanced cybersecurity measures that you have in place. Sure. Yeah. So first off, you have to think about where healthcare is coming from, traditional on-premise environment, where they have multiple security point solutions. Some are dated, some are more advanced. These are things like key management, encryption, intrusion detection systems, antivirus, VPN management, file integrity monitor, event log management. All, there's roughly 30 different security and compliance levels of technology, people, and process you have to have in place to stand up to the rigor of this regulatory environment in healthcare. And in the on-premise environment, it quickly becomes dated, fragmented, there's multiple portals into each one of these systems and becomes a broken web of security and compliance. Add to that, you know, a growing number of consumer-facing web applications. And you have an environment that um, oftentimes they don't even wanna move because they'll open up more gaps. And so that's the environment we're stepping into. And so early days for us in healthcare security is let's first put all of that into, and that's sort of the rise of the platform economy, a security compliance-based platform purpose-built for healthcare. So they consolidate all of these point fragmented solutions into a single clean cloud environment. That takes all of their security risk assessment red flags, most of those right into green overnight as you move it into cloud. So it's a massive upgrade for them when they move there. Then the next step is, you know, can we do more predictive machine learning, um, cognitive-based security uh, applications, catch things before they happen? That's, those are very early days where, those are things that we're testing, other uh, uh, vendors are, are um, piloting, testing. Uh, there's, we, we've got to take baby steps right now with healthcare. Let's first get into the, the cloud environment, then let's show them the product roadmap for these, advanced technologies. But that is certainly the rise of the platform economy will will uh, be enabled by these these advanced technologies. Yes, and 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 you know the increasing levels I I am saying increasing levels of interoperability and I've got my fingers crossed and I know that you can't see that. Yeah. <laughs> I keep hoping, <laughs> I keep hoping and praying that when we say interoperability at some point we're actually truly going to mean bidirectionally ingestible interoperable data, right? Like I don't want to just be able to send you a data via our you know, healthcare's email system, right? The direct connection. I want to have this, this, this receiving system be able to ingest that data, and then I want to be able to do something like automated medication reconciliation, right? Like this is this is my holy grail. I want to be able to do automated med rec across all all EMRs. Like that's what I want to be able to do. But from an interoperability standpoint, as we continue to grow more and more interoperable, our security challenges, I think increase, right? Because then we're not just taking on the security challenges of one entity, one organization, but we're, we're taking on uh, the, the, the challenges that we might receive from outside. So thinking about how that, you know, the, the policies and infrastructure would be required to support, you know, the increasing needs of our increasingly interoperable world, um, I, I think about being able to centralize those, those policies, procedures, um, and, you know, the technologies, and it seems like that would be a tremendous value case. For, you know, for technologies such as yours, you know, being able to continue that growth and, and testing out the interoperability framework and making sure that as we improve our ability to exchange data, we are not 
exposing ourselves to ever-increasing security threats from external systems. Yeah, interoperability is certainly um, uh, just the word itself is utopian in in healthcare. <laughs> it, is. Uh, it is the most complex that and sort of uh, solving for the data silos and you know helping harness and monetize data in healthcare is another highly um, incredibly high impact, but highly, highly complex topic. And, you know, you had initiatives like FIRE had the potential to enable this API economy within healthcare. Um, some say it's potentially our last best hope because w when you think about the sheer volume of applications in the healthcare industry, uh, we had something like 3,000 3, plus applications in healthcare back in 2010. We now have uh, close to 10,000 applications. So you had seven to 8,000 new startups over the last five years based on this pent up demand to solve healthcare. And so it's just compounded the interoperability challenges. And so you've got old world applications, new world applications, you've got new ways of workflow that are, uh, you know, everything now is on the table for redesign. Uh, and you've got this interoperability uh, Achilles heel that you know is is still creating siloed applications and siloed data, and we just don't have we we don't have the silver bullet yet. Well, we, I, I wish we could all pull together the right consortiums. I just joined a consortium at Hims, and that's another interoperability group. Um, but it's it's a big big challenge. Now the cloud does, as you said, can help be an interoperability enabler as you re-architect fragmented applications and server and storage environments. You can help create a centralized, organized IT framework, which to a degree helps increase, you know, from those diverse systems into uh, um, an environment where they, they can successfully work together within at least a system. And then when you open that up to more community-based interaction, it becomes more complex. Um, but we're trying to do our part to help with that, uh, uh, you know, be the interoperability enabler. And we certainly have, um, uh, a world-class CTO and team that is looking at that area as, you know, is that an area that we can help um, accelerate? Excellent. Excellent. Well, I, I, we're coming towards the end of our time here, and, and I just wanted to thank you so much. This has been really informative and, and thinking through, I have one last question, uh, thinking about what's happening right now. Like This truly is, 2017 is kind of, is an unusual, it, it is an unusual year for us in a, in a number of ways. Um, I know that there's there's a lot of uncertainty both in the marketplace with respect to what's happening with the ACA. There's a lot of uncertainty about what's going to be happening for uh, healthcare IT and for the ONC for a, a lot of the processes and the, the regulatory mandates that we had been marching to. And I want to ask from a prediction standpoint, do you think going forward, how do you feel about the impact of the uncertain regulatory environment on your industry and on, you know, on the ability uh, you know, to push to migrate to the cloud? Do you think that this, do you think it's going to be impactful? Do you think that it's a distraction and, and we can just continue forward and, and continue to drive out all of the value that we possibly can because the digital transformation is happening regardless of the regulatory landscape, right? I'm very curious about you know, how you perceive the uncertainty that, that exists right now in the marketplace um, as impacting the industry. Yeah, certainly for the last six months, that's been um, actually a board level topic uh, in nearly all of my last board meetings. And I have, um, 
five of, of the best of breed venture firms behind us that have invested in hundreds of successful healthcare companies. And so we have a tremendous um, Rolodex all the way up to Capitol Hill and we get really good insights there. And I think for us and for many, um, that $28 billion into the subsidization of EMR, that was the tipping point. A lot of that's been spent. Um, we don't see that turning and rolling back. Right, that then created this tsunami of other um, efficiency and value-based technologies that are just not going to go away. So I think that um, the overall technology wave uh, shouldn't be affected. Now, the speed at which the purchasing happens in the enterprise level, that's where there's sort of a consensus that there might be some slowdown from some enterprise in some purchasing of technologies until they get a better visibility into things. Right. But overall value-based care level and you know technologies that largely largely drive efficiencies and new revenue opportunities, um, we don't think that's that's gonna have um, a big uh, dip or course correction. I'm I'm with you. I, I agree. I think that that's a that's a pretty solid prediction. I think that, that the industry is only going to continue to grow, and I think that, that, that the need for driving value out of every aspect of the, the care process and the care system is only going to continue to grow. So I, I'm 100% in agreement. This has been this has been really fun, Darren. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. Uh, I really enjoyed it as well. And it's been wonderful. So thank you listeners for joining us. Again, this has been Mandy Bishop, the co-host of the Managed Care podcast series for the American Journal of Managed Care. Join us next time.